keep up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, December 15th, 2023. I'm in my Cape Elizabeth studio, and joining me by phone is Stephanie Anderson, longtime Cumberland County prosecutor and recently elected to the Cape Elizabeth Town Council. And she had her first meeting this week, it was five hours. She's going to talk to us about that and housing. Welcome, Stephanie Anderson. Well, thank you, Cynthia. How are you? Well, I am very well. Very happy to have you as my guest uh, this evening, Friday evening, uh, because you recently won your election with more votes than anyone else on the ballot in Cape Elizabeth and uh, had your first meeting as a town councilor on December 11th that went for five hours. (laughs) I hope Uh, hope that was unprecedented, and I hope it will not be repeated, a (laughs) five-hour meeting. (laughs) Well, I, I, I personally believe that, in part, you won your election uh, because of your position and, and just your views and attitudes and approach to housing. And the big controversial issue that really took up so much time uh, on Monday was the um, item on the agenda to reconsider the previous town council's uh, vote to amend our zoning ordinance to what they said, you know, comply with LD 2003. So I just want to start the podcast with a very basic question to get this thing going. Are you, as the sworn-in town councilor, are you for or against complying with LD 2003? <laughs> well, I'm for complying with LD 2003. Absolutely. Okay. All and right. we did comply. I, well, okay. So, so you, and not only, not only are you in favor of complying with 2003, but you're also in favor of at least considering applying LD 2003 to housing on Goldcrest, right? Like if we did housing on Goldcrest, we would use the LD 2003 density bonus, right? We certainly could. I mean, if, if, a, if, if a developer wanted to do that, we could. That would be available in that area, yes. And you wouldn't be necessary. I mean, not you're not going to commit, but you're at least open to considering that. Absolutely. Okay, okay. So Absolutely. now let's get back. <laughs> so let's get back to the five-hour meeting. Um <laughs> <laughs> that, that was item number 40, Cynthia. Oh, I, oh excuse me. I apologize. I, I might have went into a coma by that point. Um, so what, in your view, what happened? Okay. What we did was we brought um, our town ordinance into compliance with LD 2003 without going over and above. And we changed it in only three areas, three we changed three things. Let, I, I want to mention first what LD 2003 is. No, but, no, but oh, God, um, Stephanie, but everybody knows what LD 2003 is. I mean, for the most part. But, but, but just sticking to a little bit to the politics, though, isn't it that a new town council came in and you voted by four to three? Just to give listeners a little bit of the, of the backdrop of the meeting, the basic outcome was that a new town council voted four to three to overturn, the, you know, the previous town council's, you know, uh, amendment. That's kind of what happened. You were on the, the side of, with three other councilors, you and Tim Thompson, recently elected, uh, and newly appointed chair, Tim Reiniger, who was also elected in large part because of his housing views, and, and Councillor Gillis, who, again, I think, obviously there's other positions, but so the four of you recently elected, overturned it, and and why do you think now getting to your what you're trying to explain, why do you think that is, is was the better thing to do? Why not stick with the old one? Why do a new one? Okay. Well, you said we overturned it, which we did do, but we replaced it. Right. Okay. So, but so why we would you... So 
compliance with with LD 2003. We we changed it in three ways. We did three things. Number one, we retained the former definitions of multifamily and multiplex. Now, people who were uh, supporting that and wanted to to put to merge those two definitions said for the last 16 months over 22 meetings, hearings, public forums, etc., that they are synonymous. They're one and the same. We're not changing anything. All we're doing is we're taking these two definitions, which are the same thing, and for the sake of simplicity, we're just merging them into one. So there's nothing to see here at all. That's what the, that's what the old regime said. That's what the old regime said. Right. But there were a lot of people who came into those hearings and said, these are very different. Our comprehensive plan uh, says they're different and recommended maintaining the distinction between the two. The Camoyne study points out that they're very different. And if my memory serves me right, Cynthia, and it does some of the time, <laughs> you were the first person to bring that to the attention of the town council about a year ago or yeah. 15 months ago. Well, your so, I think your memory is correct. Uh, right. So that, that's one thing. So we brought it back. We just, we, we said they're not, we brought back, we're going to have the two separate definitions, multifamily and multiplex. The second thing we did was um, there is in LD 2003, if you have an empty lot, you can put four houses on it. Uh, there's no such thing. We can't do single fa- single home. Uh, we can't require lots to only have single homes anymore. So you can put four homes on it. And if you have a home, you can add two. So the state, the LD 2003, left it up to the towns to determine whether or not, well, what if you knock a house down? Does that get you three homes or does that get you four homes? And, and they left that up to the state, I mean, to the towns. And so compliance with LD 2003 would say, if you knock down a house, you get three. If you want, if a town wants to, they can, if you knock down a house, you can, you can do four. So it's discretionary. Because uh, it would be considered an empty lot. So there was a lot of angst in town, concern that developers would come in, investors would come in and knock down, you know, fairly modest homes and build four. And so, again, that went above and beyond what LD 2003 required. And LD 2003 is a very massive bill that requires a lot. So we rolled that back to three. Okay. So, so that was... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, that just seems to make a lot of sense to me. So then what was the third thing? Okay, the third thing. <laughs> so, so far, I, I don't know what, you know, what people are so upset about. Um, well, it's because so of the, the politics, which we'll have to get to after we talk about the substance. Yeah, okay. So, and the third thing had to do with accessory dwelling units. Before LD 2003, there... Cape Elizabeth did allow accessory dwelling units, but there were there were some you know there were some barriers. Your your home had to be at least twelve hundred square feet. It had to be attached or inside. Yeah, uh, six hundred you know, feet. It was it was and the maximum size was six hundred square feet. And LD two thousand and three doesn't say anything about maximum size. It says your minimum size has to be 190 square feet. You have to be at least that big. 
your AD, everybody gets an ADU as long as your setbacks are met. Anybody who wants to build an ADU can build an ADU as long as your setbacks are met. And actually, that's not that different from what the Cape Elizabeth Zoning Ordinance already said. I mean, it was... A- yes, it, yes, it is very different. And, and also, it does not have to be detached. I mean, it does not have to be attached or inside. It can be detached. Oh, that's and a big difference. You don't, you don't have to require parking. The town cannot require uh, that a homeowner who wants to build an ADU has to show, um, you know, an additional parking space. So what did the old regime do? And then what did the new regime do? The old regime up that 600 square feet to 1100 square feet. And what did the new regime do? The new regime upped it from 600 square feet to 800 square feet. So, so okay, <laughs> so like well within your discretion under LD 2003, but just a different number. Right, and that you know when I I ran when I ran I I ran on I mean my platform was was I'm going to listen to people and 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 do what people um, you know to the extent possible I'm going to do what people. Uh, want me to do. And I heard over and over and over again that 1,100 square feet was just too big. It was like putting another house in your backyard. And I also heard, you know, 600 is kind of difficult. Um, And I'm on the housing committee and we heard from a specialist in ADUs that 800 was kind of the sweet spot. You can get two bedrooms and a bathroom uh, in an 800 square foot ADU. And so I thought, you know, let's up this a little bit because we do want to incentivize accessory dwelling units. We do want to make it easier for people to build them. And so I wanted to bring it up um, and um, let's see where the the proverbial dust settles on this. Other than the size, um, other than the size of the ADU being the old regime versus the new regime, you know, that number changing from 1100 to 900, any other major, it, sorry, yeah. Let's, yeah. What is it? Eleven hundred to eight hundred. Yes. Okay. So, other than that, is there any other big changes in the ADU compliance piece? No, no other changes whatsoever. Okay. So those three things um, seem completely uh, reasonable. It just it's complying with LD two thousand and three in a little bit of a different way. So why do you think that so many people were so upset about it? Well, or at least at the meeting. Okay, honestly, first of all, I don't know if it was so many people. It was a handful of people that came in. I mean, this was noticed and people were aware of it, etc. Number one, I think they don't understand. I mean, one person who really should know better got up there and said, you've just, um, you've just rescinded LD 2003. I know. And I was like, the hysteria. I mean, first of all, a town can't do that, right? Right. <laughs> we did not do that at all. I think number one, I think people did not understand um, how you know what we were doing, um, even though it was explained to them at the meeting. Well, we, uh, but they were listening. You know, I I just sorry to interrupt, but I, I just they were taking all the cues. It's like the same band of people who had this allegiance to Dunham Court were taking all their cues from their then leaders like Jamie Garvin and Kevin Just and these people who've been saying the same thing. And and it was just like the hysteria over it was just so, 
silly to me. It was like they, they basically said that you were, a, you know, racist and against affordable housing. Some person made a, used the metaphor of like the Lewiston shooting. I mean, it was just so oh, off. It was beyond the pale. It was, over it was beyond the, the pale. Top. I mean, it was over emotional. It, it was clear that people didn't understand. I mean, people, it was clear that they didn't understand. They had been deceived. Or, you know, I mean, there was a lot of political theater going on that night. Now, Stephanie, just to be clear, you have been elected and are a town councilor, but you're a guest on the podcast just personally. You're not here in any representative capacity. That's correct. That's correct. And, you and, asked me, and, so I said yes. <laughs> and you're also a member of the uh, Cape Elizabeth Housing Diversity Committee that is, I thought, perhaps would have had the record at the longest meetings, but you guys took the cake this past town council meeting. But but the last scheduled meeting of the Housing Diversity Study Committee is scheduled for this Monday, and there will be a divided, I think, committee uh, vote on at least, you know, a few few issues. And the one I'm yeah. interested in, of course, is, is continuing down the path to develop affordable housing at Gullcrest for a lot of really good reasons. Um, why do you think that um, the chair of the Housing Diversity Study Committee and a member of, of the committee that, um, you know, is just so in favor of Dunham Court. And they say that they're so in favor of affordable housing, and yet they're not behind exploring Gullcrest. Do you have any insight after spending so much time with these people as to why they are opposed to developing affordable housing at Gullcrest on the 20, just to 22 acres of it? Yeah. Um, Before I answer that question, I also have to say I'm not representing the Housing Diversity Study Committee. (laughs) That's for damn sure. I'm on it, but I'm not representing it, obviously, because the majority report is going to be, no, we don't want housing in Gulf Press. And so the reason why it's pretty hard you know that that that's a real um, that's a brain teaser that I, question it, because it would make sense that they would be right. Well, what, um, if they were following their charge, and I just I you know I really have to just take a moment to just remind people that this housing diversity study committee it was not charged with analyzing or opining or giving clarity about LD two thousand three despite what the Cape Courier reported on, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the, the Housing Diversity Study Committee was supposed to explore the pros and cons and the public appetite for a variety of housing solutions. And then included in that is the donation of municipal land. And it says that recommendations are expected to be financially and practically viable with demonstrated success or application in other communities. It's a very clear standard that like developing affordable housing on Gullcrest has met. There's a study that says it's feasible, you know, practically feasible. You can build it. There's expert testimony that it's financially feasible, and the town of Cumberland has developed affordable housing adjacent to a solar, you know, capped landfill on municipal land. So I just, I just can't believe this committee. Just there's no evidence on the other side to support why you wouldn't move move forward. I just, it, it just well, befuddles it, it was, me. It, yeah, and the chair of the committee uh, back when Dunham Court was being debated put. Uh, he has a website called Affordable Cape, and on that website, he had he makes statements against any housing in Goldcrest, and frankly, makes statements which are not true. Oh, I, um, absolutely. And and he 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 still has that up. He was asked uh, to take it down, and he refused to take it down. So he, there's been a bias against that long before 
this housing committee was even put together. We did have um, we, we did have a survey done to determine whether or not it was suitable for housing, which uh, people on the committee, you know, were against even exploring. And, you know, I, wa- I just want to say at this time too, Cynthia, part of our charge was to look at the availability of town land. And we looked at town land and, oh my gosh, there really isn't any town land suitable for any, you know, there's an acre here and a half acre there and there's five acres over here. But this is really the best shot we have to do anything of significant size. And so we had it surveyed and you know, we met the wetland setbacks and, and, you know, all the setbacks we're supposed to meet. And there is an issue about off gases. And so that would be the next step. And people are saying, well, it's really a bad look, you know, to put affordable housing, you know, near a cap landfill. And so my, my, my response is, well, let's see if it, if it's environmentally safe and you don't want to put low income housing there or affordable housing let's put moderate housing oh yeah that's a yeah good response and 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 yes, also let, let, let's put some housing there i mean the you know if you, yeah and if you drive like, if you literally drive up to cumberland and pass the town hall and go down you know the first street on the left you'll see this beautiful development of affordable housing right next to the landfill and and it's surrounded with like bucolic hills and neighborhoods and it's it people just have to see it it's it's silly to me that that people would not even want to explore, but that's funny that you would say, you know, okay, if, uh, <laughs> well, Stephanie, um, let's talk about just for a minute the um, the reporting in the, in the Cape Courier. It, it seems to me that the source of information about the housing issue in town <laughs> must be the Cape Elizabeth Facebook page, the POD. I mean, it seems like all all of the the views that are expressed by some of the reporting in the Cape Courier seem to be along this line that somehow we missed an opportunity when we didn't pass the Dunham Court thing and now we're, you know, just not doing anything when in fact we've actually taken some pretty significant steps towards developing affordable housing. What do you think? So are you hoping that this is going to move forward, uh, you know, while you're still alive? Okay, first of all, I did not read the Cape Courier. I, you know, I, I mean, I usually do. I just haven't read it yet. So I can't, I can't respond um, with any kind of knowledge about whatever might be in there. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you this. This is, this is, my, my view is, is just in terms of just basic reporting. I'll, I'll just give you this fact that the reporter, Kevin St. Jar, the name of the, the the title of the article is "Adding Clarity to LD 2003 in Cape Elizabeth," and the only person that he talks to is Kevin Just, as if he's some expert. And it just blows my mind that Kevin Just would be the the oh, and, and Maureen O'Meara. So now I have been talking about like community housing and affordable housing on Gullcrest. It's been the subject of like a public forum, um, a site walk, a feasibility study, a petition, a, a movie. Uh, it's a survey question. You would think that maybe the reporter in the Cape Courier might like be interested in that idea, but no, it's just talk about, talk to Kevin Just, who I guess now is like the town crier. He, he seems to be an expert in everything. And yet, I don't know, in my experience, his um, his his handling of the Housing Diversity Study Committee has been very poor, 
very, very poor. I don't have any faith in him as um, as a leader in this community at all, seeing how that's um, played out. And we'll just see how he votes. I mean, I, that's to me, I just he, he's got to take a vote and he's going to give some big explanation why he's not going to support it. And that's his record, you know, and whatever. That's that's his record. Well, yeah, I mean, he he wrote, yeah, I, I think there, the, our final report is going to have two reports on Goldcrest, one, uh, one saying don't even think about it, and the other one saying, well, yeah, let's just take the next step. You know, let's look at the environmental issue. You know, we're taking baby steps here. We're not, you know, the, the survey said, I mean, the, um, the engineer, um, two, we could put 200 homes in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, using LD2003, the density bonus, that you can, we can get up to 100. affordable homes. Yeah, I know. In a beautiful location, walking distance to schools without even having to cross the street. Stunning location, right next to the new fancy skating rink. The community yeah, gardens. I know. I know. It, it's it's a head scratcher, Cynthia. It's just. I mean, obviously, there's more to it than, um, you know, the merits of the idea. Well, and I just I know you know, Victoria Volant is uh, is on the Housing Diversity Study Committee and, um, is a self-proclaimed expert on everything that you know is related to housing. But her passion is density. But really, she's also works for the Portland like housing unit, you know, the the unit of Portland government that deals with housing. And she's like sort of a housing director. And because Portland's housing situation is so bad, um, she seems to think that, you know, I, I don't know, she she she's also has to take a vote on Monday. And I just think it's gonna be very interesting if she votes against an idea that would put almost 200 homes, like you said, affordable ho- an affordable housing development on public land in Cape Elizabeth, right next to Blue Ribbon Schools, she would deny families that opportunity for for what? I mean, are they going to give a reason in the report? I don't think there is a reason. There's no evidence that, that your committee has that, that suggests this is not a location other than just pure speculation by people without like knowledge, like emails from people like, oh, I've done you know, this for 20 years, and I've never seen affordable housing next to a landfill. Well, then you've never been to Cumberland, Maine. You know, you know, like... Well, because- and you've never been to Cumberland, Maine, and you've never seen, you know, um, a, a lot of communities. I mean, right. you know, one of the problems we have in Cape Elizabeth is we do not have a lot of available land. You drive around here, and you see all these distas, and they're beautiful, and you think we've got a lot of land. We don't, because a lot of it is protected or farmland or wetland. Yeah, so well, and when you get down to it, where can we put some affordable housing? We do not have a lot of options now. Uh, apparently, um, Bothell is selling uh, several acres uh, right on seventy-seven, so that you know that may open something up. But when we, with the housing committee, we we did not find land other than Goldcrest that would be suitable for you know a significant a, a significant solution right and, I mean, and this if you want to build a fourplex here and there you know i mean that's possible and that will happen and that will you know that will help alleviate and also adus i think will help alleviate the crisis but if you know the only place for a significant a significant size development that would fit into the area be within walking distance of schools, be close to services, 
be, you know, right next to a sewer line, be in a beautiful spot, be close to recreational fields and the skating rink and the community gardens. I mean, Goldcrest is it. Yeah. And also with a rich history of, you know, philanthropy, you know, there's just a, there's a little story to it that um, we've talked about it. You know, it, it is in fact land that was left to us that to do good and we'd be doing some good. Well, Stephanie Anderson, thank you so much for joining the podcast and for sharing with listeners your views. And thanks for serving the town of Cape Elizabeth. I really hope your next meeting is not five hours. I do too. I do too. Because I can't, I can't come home at midnight and, you know, just go to bed and go to sleep. I've got to make tea. I've got to putter. And so, you know, a late night is way late when it's that late. So oh, yeah. I hope it doesn't either. Even as somebody in the audience, it's like I have a town council meeting hangover the next day. I'm still just like thinking about it when I go to bed, you know. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend. Okay. Take care. Good night, Cynthia.